everybody. Welcome to another episode of Kick-Ass Career Conversations with Louise. And I think I always point this way because on my screen, you're this way, but are you really here? I don't know where the hell you are. With Louise <laughs> and Kim and Amanda. Hi. We are here today for a fabulous conversation because, you know, it's all about the badassery and we will learn more about the badassery and being your badass self in just a little bit. But first, we want to start today like we always do. Friends, what are we celebrating this week? I have a huge celebration this week. Fantastic. I'm just going to like go ahead and say I'm super excited. So this is the, well, I guess, what day is it? I don't even know what day it is anymore. But this week, I'm celebrating the one year anniversary of my first book coming out. So this is like... It's been a year now. The book is out. It's doing its awesome thing. And it's been so exciting for me because like, I can't believe it's already been a year. Like, what, how did that even happen? So it's been really exciting to like, celebrate with my co-author the year anniversary of our book coming out. First book. That's fantastic. Well, it's like you birthed something into the world and we're all yeah. moms here. And if you blink, like time flies by. It really does. I was actually just talking with my co-author about that concept of this being like your baby, like your business is your baby, your books are your baby, like whatever it is, is your baby. And it really does go by just the way it does with a human child. It's like, oh my gosh, suddenly you, you look up and so much time has passed and no time has passed at all at the same time. Blink of an eye. Yeah. And it goes through those stages of toddlerhood and teenagehood and oh my God, it left the nest. There it goes. <laughs> Speaking of leaving the nest, Louise, what are you celebrating this week? Well, I am celebrating my little kiddo um, on his first uh, camping trip by himself with his friends, right? That stretch into uh, adulthood and testing the waters. Um, so that's been a big thing for me. Um, my my real celebration, though, I just I, maybe it's more gratitude that I want to express today than mm -hmm. celebrations because I am super proud of my kid. Like, don't get me wrong. We could talk all day about how great my kid is because he is. Um, but I want to really just uh, have a shout out to my, like my pit crew um, that came and rescued, rescued me yesterday. So I had a trailer malfunction as I was taking my kiddo out to camping. Um, and before I knew it, uh, I was surrounded by people who wanted to help me. Um, and I thought we were going to have to cancel the whole event and uh, whatnot. I'm super proud of how he handled that um, and not getting too upset. Uh, but joining me and problem solving and solutioning. And uh, we got back up and going and on the road so that he could continue. Um, but yeah, just I couldn't believe that how quickly people like came together. Uh, strangers, folks I've never met before uh, were like helping me out trying to I, I lost a wheel on my trailer. They put my wheel back on my trailer um, and off we went like no harm, no foul. And Right. They're like, have a great time. And I'm like, what? That's um, amazing. It was. It was so amazing. And just uh, I wanted to bask in that a little bit more um, because uh, people are amazing. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm speechless. That's were these people you actually knew or like people who you like out of the blue had no idea who they were at all. Uh, so one person came by who I knew uh, kind of. Uh, who I'd met once before, and the other folks never met, uh, never met at all. That is um, amazing. Mm -hmm. People take um, note. Yeah. It's, it's the power of community. 
It really is, right? And, uh, you know, with all of the um, stuff that goes on, I sometimes think like we just put our heads down and we plow through, right? Um, but mm-hmm. when, when we can stop and keep our heads up and see what's going on around us, like, and that's what these folks were doing. They were just like, just just there um, wanting to be helpful and wanting to support. And I think, you know, um, sometimes I don't give people enough credit. And I'm an optimist and I still don't give people enough credit. Um, but yeah, it was kind of awesome. That sounds amazing. It's all kinds of awesome. It's all kinds of awesome. And I love that you understand the gratitude of it, but it's also, it is also a celebration. It's mm-hmm. a celebration of this community coming in around you and the gratitude that you literally just put out this call to say, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't think it's even going to. It might not. I don't know. We'll figure it out. And boom, it's all the way cared for. Yeah, absolutely. And my stress level was like low. I'm like, I don't know how to fix this, but somebody does. Um, And before you knew it, before I knew it, there was absolutely people there who could help me fix it Um, and just go with the flow and figure it out. And um, that's a that's a big part of my journey. Right. Is unhooking from that perfectionist and like trying to like control the situation and have all of that um, and just let go and see what happens. Beautiful things happen. Well, and I love how you shared the story with me with the details. And as you were going, I'm like, this isn't going to get fixed. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh my gosh. I like, I understand like the, the gravitas around this situation and where this is leading. And then all of a sudden you're like, you know, it's fine. It's fixed. I'm like, you could have led with that. <laughs> no, you don't leave with the juicy bits. Yeah. I clearly build it up. She, and she did a good job with that. <laughs> so, uh, Speaking of juicy bits, that's what I'm celebrating. I am celebrating that I am fully leaning into the fact that I have crafted for myself what we would call a kick-ass career here on Kick-Ass Career Conversations. I, it's all the juicy bits. Like there's, there's the business part, there's the client work, there's the creation part, like all of that has been ongoing and, and existing. And for me right now, the juicy bits are just before we got on. I was playing a card game with our daughter for the third time today. Like I can stop and I can go play games with her because she opted out of summer camp this summer at age 13. So, okay, you're not going to summer camp. You're going to have to pretty much self-entertain then. And yet I'll, I do have the opportunity to go do that. Um, yesterday we were in the pool together, um, right? I knocked off my day when I was done with it. I'm like, nope, that's all the brain power I have to give to this today. And I went and jumped in the pool with her. So it's like having that opportunity to live those juicy bits. This coming off of two weekends in New York City. It's like, yes, it's all the juicy bits. And I I did that. I crafted this for myself because I knew it was important. And so I'm going to celebrate that. I love that. Toot, love, toot, toot that horn. Love that. <laughs> All right, Amanda, let's let the world know about you. I'm going to share your bio uh, with the world. So Amanda Ferjewell is a sole parent, serial serial business owner and entrepreneur, best-selling co-author of the Pursuit of Badassery series, podcaster, educator, and expert in creative problem solving and time management. My kind of gal. Her no-fluff attitude towards business and life has led her to start, buy, sell, and mentor businesses across the globe. 
A fearless and accomplished strategist with over 20 years of experience, Amanda leads with a relentless determination to succeed and guide others to do the same. Amanda, we are so glad that you're here. And I know, Louise, it's your favorite question of the hour. It is. Uh, but first, when you read cereal business owner, I thought of cereal with breakfast yeah. product. Um, I thought of serial killer. So see, there's the oh, there we go. There's the pessimist. I got you. I love it. Um, so serial business owner, strategist. Um, we don't just step into the world uh, knowing all those things and 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 doing that uh, right off the bat. Um, tell me a little bit about your career journey and how you got to where you are. Oh, yeah. We, I definitely didn't fall out of the womb doing things well. <laughs> Let me just say that. I, I've, I mean, it's been over 20 years. I've owned multiple businesses across multiple industries. And I have fallen flat on my face many times. And the more you fall, the better it feels when you succeed. I, too, though, have suffered from perfectionism for probably probably from the womb. And it definitely hindered me in the beginning. So when I started my career, zuh, I think I started my first one when I was, well, I didn't, I don't think I know. When I was 18, I opened my first official LLC with the United States government. So I opened my first LLC when I was 18 and I worked during college. So I was, I was in college at the time and I worked through college and that was part of what paid for my college was me working and starting businesses. And then I I wouldn't say I necessarily sold that business. I handed it off to somebody else. And I really didn't have a concept of like, I have to sell it until later I talk to a lawyer and they're like, no, you actually have to do the paperwork. I'm like, oh, so, I mean, luckily for me, nothing horrible happened because I could have been sued so horribly, <laughs> but luckily nothing happened. However, you know, that parlayed into finishing college and then believing as most people do when they finish college that you have to go and you have to get a real like real world job. And I did. I was a real world television producer. I did that for several years. I loved it. It was great. It was fast paced. It was super creative. And I had a great group of people that I worked with. And I, I still hang out with them and, and, and talk with them as much as I can. So they're great people. I still love that. However, circumstances didn't work out uh, in the way that I wanted them to. And so I decided to step away and to start my own business again. And I was I don't know, 22, 23. I, no, I guess I was 25 because I just was legally able to rent a car. So I was like this big milestone. You're like, ooh, I can rent a car. Let me start a business too. Uh, <laughs> That's what everybody says. I can rent a car. Let me go start a business. Yeah, it was, uh, there was definitely a lot of, of learning curve there because when you're a hotshot 20-year-old, you think that you know everything. I don't need advice from anybody. I can do this on my own. My way is the best way. No, no. Okay. Newsflash for anybody out there who's in the twenties, you don't know it all. You know, actually less than it all. You probably have taught yourself all the wrong things at this point and you need help. You need more mentors. You need people who do know what they're talking about because even if you think, you know, you have no idea. So I started a, a fitness studio and a dance studio, and then I bought into another business and then I took it over and uh, then I started a couple more like side businesses, like more, what I would consider more side hustles, even though they were turning a profit, they weren't really like uh, my main goal. And I quickly kind of 
hired managers and had somebody else take over them. So it was really more like I was the owner and didn't do anything. So I was less invested in those, which is what I would consider more hobby businesses. And then, you know, I, I had a very profitable Pilates studio that, you know, it, it was making half a million over so every year and doing great. And then I sold it right after COVID hit. Like literally I put it on the market and like a week later COVID hit. I'm like, son of a motherless goat. It was a hard thing to learn that, you know, uh, my timing was all off on that, but I still was able to sell that business and start another business. Actually, I think I started two businesses that year and closed, closed one, sold another and, you know, been traveling the world, dealing with clients or, or lucky enough to have clients all over the world. And it's been a really fascinating journey of me swallowing my ego and accepting help where that wasn't really my strong suit. And I think that I didn't really grow as an entrepreneur until I started, I, I wouldn't say I asked for help because I'm terrible at that, but accepted help, even though I didn't want it. I didn't want it. <laughs> so, uh, and that happened actually right after I got pregnant is when I really started to be like, Ooh, I'm probably going to need some help. Cause in my head, I'm like, Oh, I'm young and I'm driven and I can just like have my baby and the next day go back to work. Yeah, that's that's not what happened, folks. That's not what happened. Uh, and even if I hadn't had the circumstances around my the, my child's birth, I still wouldn't have been able to just go back to work like nothing changed. And I think that's one of the best things about being an entrepreneur. You're talking, Kim, about the freedom that you've had in your business. And that's the number one thing that my businesses have brought me is the freedom to do, do what I want. I mean, I homeschool my kid. I... I'm with him 24, basically 23 out of 23, seven, because I'm having with you guys for an hour, but the rest of the 23 hours I'm with him. And then we can go away for a month. I, we usually actually leave our home base at least once a month and travel. And I work from, from there and it's, and I have a team of people that I work with so I can trust them and I can leave. And that's such a, uh, that's the reason people do it. You know, it's not about the money though. That's a bonus. It's about what the money gets you and what the freedom, like how you define your own success and how you define your freedom. So I've just, it's been a tumultuous and uh, exciting and horrible journey over 20 years. And there's always highs and lows, but I wouldn't change a thing. And I wouldn't change a thing. It's, I mean, okay, maybe I would change COVID. <laughs> if I could go back. Yeah, I don't think I'm the only one who thinks that. Wave a magic wand. Yeah. Yeah. So how did being an author fit into that? You know, I've always wanted to be an author. It was the job that when you asked me when I was six years old, like, what am I going to be when I grow up? I always said I wanted to be a writer. And it's been on my mind to write for my whole life. I have so many of those like started manuscripts like this folder that I've probably had for 30 years of like the books I'm going to write. And, and I just talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. And there was always an excuse like, Oh, I'm really busy or, Oh, I have this business thing to do or all I have this. And, you know, my co-author and I were having this discussion about, uh, we were just on like a normal chat as entrepreneurs. We like to meet every so often and just talk about all the things that are going on. She's also an amazing, she's a business coach and entrepreneurial strategist and we like to talk in general, but we were talking about how we wait, we should write a book. We should write a book. We, we've been talking about it. And we finally just sat down and we're like, we should stop talking about writing a book and do it already. We should stop. We tell people all the time that it's all about action. 
and put in those action steps and put in the work. And then we weren't practicing what we preach. So we decided to stop making ridiculously stupid excuses. And we set a timeline and a goal and we met every day for, I don't know, six weeks. And we talked about strategy behind the book. We wrote our chapter separately. We came back and we proofread each other's stuff and we held each other accountable. Like, oh, this is how many words I'm going to write tomorrow. And so it was, it was such a, because of the way our behaviors, behavioral styles are, we didn't want to get on that call and like not have achieved that goal. So it really held us accountable. And we were able to write that book and get it published from the time we decided to the time it was published was six months. And we, and we could have done it faster, but we had used the excuse of, oh, it's Christmas or, oh, I'm traveling or, oh, it's my kid's birthday. Like we had all the excuses, but we still, uh, and there was obviously a learning curve publishing a book. There's all sorts of things you don't think about when you're you know, talking to people about it. But yeah, from start to finish, six months, we wrote the, that first book. And then less than nine months later, our second book came out. So we, and we're currently working on our third. So we just decided, set the intention and put in the action and do the work. That's always a good plan, no matter what business you're in. And so we decided to stop making excuses and get it done. Decide, intention, action. Yeah. Sounds oh, like a good, yeah, so, sounds like, and, and the work, right. So sounds like a good little uh, a format to get things done there. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about, right, like we do write, like our, we write our lives. We don't write our lives one chapter at a time. We write our lives one word at a time. Like it's that action, right? It doesn't have to be big or complicated or anything other than one word at a time, other one, one step. Like that's, that's what it takes to get you where you want to go. Um, and I also find it interesting too, Amanda, when you talk about excuses, it's like the thing that we make the most excuses about is the thing that we really need to do. Um, and we just excuse it away. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. I, I And I think this is something I'm, maybe a lot of moms might relate to is after I had my kid, I used him as an excuse of why I wouldn't do things, which as an introvert was great because I'm like, oh, I can't go out because I got my kid. And it was actually like something I really loved. But oh, I can't have a kid. And then I found that I had this pattern of making him the reason I wasn't succeeding. But really, he's not at all that. That's the opposite. And there are so many things that I'm doing because of him, for him. And it doesn't make me a worse entrepreneur because I had a kid. You know, I think there's all this this talk, the dialogue we have as women that you have to give up your career in order to be a mom. You have to sacrifice more than you want to. And, and in the beginning years, probably that first year the most, because sure, we all remember the newborn stage and I uh, was mostly kept, was required to keep to my bed and I was a sole parent. So how, how do you, how do you do that? How do you keep to your bed and raise a kid at the same time? by yourself. So it, it, there was a lot of stuff there that I blamed pregnancy on why I wasn't being as, and childbirth on why I wasn't as efficient and why I wasn't getting stuff done. I used it over and over as an excuse. And then I realized one day that I was doing that and everything switched. It was just a mindset switch of like, oh, this is actually not the case at all. There's so much stuff that I get to show him that I get to do and that I had this opportunity to do things that a lot of moms wish they could do. Like so many moms want to stay home with their kid and make money. So many moms 
want to travel with their kids. So many moms want to do all these things. And I was kind of like, woe is me, cry, cry, victim, instead of realizing like what a blessing and that he wasn't holding me back at all. I was just holding myself back. That's, yeah, that was not a fun thing to like self-dive on, but oh, made a big difference in your mindset shift when you realize that, you know, it's not your kid, it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Biggest yeah. pieces you make. Well, and it's interesting because right the the title of your book. Do you want to share what your book is? Well, the first one is the pursuit of badassery: how to create badass business abundance. Mm-hmm. And the second one is the produce the pursuit of badassery: the sales edition, badass business sales solutions. Fantastic. And so, and the title of today's episode, right, is being your badass self. And so, how? Well, let's actually define what a badass even is. Like, how do we know we're being a badass? What does that look like to each of us? For me, being badass is being authentic, being unapologetically you, not being afraid of the light that you shine just because you're going to create shadows. And I think it's so important for women, men, entrepreneurs, business owners to to take up space in the world. To You might not be everybody's cup of tea, but that's okay. Not everybody drinks tea. I don't. You know, I, I'm a whiskey girl. It's like, we don't, we don't all drink tea and that's fine. And I think that we spend, I should say we as a collective, but I spent so much time in my younger years worried about what other people thought or what they might, how they might perceive my failures when I inevitably had them, that it held me back and it made me play small for a long time. And if I can, if I think about rewinding the clock and if I could go back and tell myself, you know to fail more and to be open about your failure and to be, I hate this word so much, but vulnerable, I hate it, but it's a word that we all need to be more of. But if I think about being more vulnerable and that's stepping into your badassery as well, it's knowing that you can be vulnerable, you can be whoever you are and still get it done. And that to me is what badassery is. It's, it's being you and being unapologetically you. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't matter. It's, it's, I hear it all the time from my clients too, right? That struggle uh, in corporate struggle with their own, I, it's their own persona that they're struggling with, right? It's their own identity um, and stepping in and really wanting to be authentic. I think that's one of the biggest challenges that I have uh, with clients is that there's, people are looking for a certain way um, right. A, a, a method, um, right. Like how do I get to that next thing? How, how do I be successful, um, as a business owner? And it's like, well, who are you as a business owner? Right. Because you get to, you get to be you and be successful at the same time. You don't have to be someone else just, um, to be successful that that might not work for you. Um, but when you can own what you, who you are and what you bring to the table, um, that's really what resonates with me when I think about, right. Like being a badass. it's like, no, like it's you. And, and it's not, it doesn't have to be boot stomping badass. It could be like, yeah, I'm just like sneaking in here and I'm doing this thing and doing it how I want. And I'm sneaking out again. Um, that feels pretty badass to me. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you get to make it, um, you get to make it who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, so both of you used the, the word authentic, 
right? Authenticity. And I think what's so interesting is, so I use the term badass a lot with, with my clients and, and with others that I talk to. And a lot of the people that I talk to are in the social impact, social entrepreneurship, uh, social enterprise spaces, and they don't see themselves as badass. They're like, I'm just here. I'm doing my thing. I'm trying, right. Just trying, just trying to make the world a better place. And it's like, you are trying to make the world a better place and you're doing it your way. And if you are so authentic, for sure, is something that I think of, right? Because when we are authentically ourselves and bringing that leadership, that spark, that joy into the world, that absolutely changes the world. The other part of um, badassery to me is um, sovereignty, is owning it, right? When we own our sovereignty, when we sit there and say, this is who I am, and it doesn't matter what else is happening. This is how I'm bringing myself into the world. And whatever you're saying to me doesn't have to affect me. It may. I may choose to allow it to. But in your sovereignty, you don't need to. And it's not about it's not about being a bitch. It's not about being a hard ass. It's not, I, Louise. I loved it. It's not about walking around in your shit, kicking, stomping boots, right? <laughs> like I felt. So for me, back in the days when I was um, working in a the theater, I did a lot of production work, and I, I was a stage manager. And I had these combat boots that I walked around in, and everybody knew I was coming because I had a heavy walk at that time. I absolutely felt like a badass. 100% felt like a badass. And I knew I was a badass. Likewise, I can be having a conversation with somebody and we can be working on the, the, just the simplest, most intricate, small, little nuanced thing. And we walk out of there, out of that conversation. I'm like, damn, I'm a badass. That was amazing. Did you feel that micro shift right there? That was fucking cool. That's being a badass. Because it's my sovereignty, it's me defining what what it is that it is that I'm bringing into the world and how I do it. So yeah, I love these words that we're using because notice none of us said. I mean, Louise used the word, and I, I think Amanda used it a little bit as well. This idea of success, but that's nobody's business but our own, right? And so everybody defines it differently. Absolutely. And that was just where I was going to go next is like when we're talking to people about this idea of success and badassery, like how do we help people understand that they get to define it? Well, I think it really takes a, a deep dive and knowing what's important to you and knowing, you know, it's a whole Simon Sinek thing, knowing your why. Why do you do what you do? Is it, I mean, do you need to hit the two top, two comma club? Like is seven figures really, or six figures? It used to be six figures. They were like, oh, I'm going to hit six figures. Now it's like, I'm going to hit seven figures. Mm -hmm. It's such an arbitrary thing if that doesn't really mean anything to you. So for some people, you know, hitting six figures could be a necessity for the way they live their lifestyle. So it's, it's less about that number. It's more so about how you define your lifestyle. For some people, they don't really care about the money at all, because they're going to be giving it back anyway. It's more of a charitable thing. Like there, there's all sorts of things that define what are important to you and your why. And so I think if you don't do a deep dive and really understand your motivations, you're never going to truly understand what success is because success can't be measured on an Instagram post where someone's like, look at me, I'm in Tahiti. I'm amazing. I'm like, well, that's great. But if you don't want to go to Tahiti, who cares? Like maybe you don't like the sun and that's fine too. Like maybe you want to go to the mountains. Maybe you are a homebody and you just want to read a, a nice book in the rain. Like the, there's, there's things that you can, whoever you are, 
it's, it's, you can't define it by somebody else's standards. And that's just, it took me a long time to learn that because I used to hold people up to the standards that I had for myself. And I had no friends because nobody wants to ball bust all day long and be like, why is she like a workaholic? I can't do the way everybody seems to fail in your eyes because you're holding them up to a different expectation. But if you hold them up to their own expectations, you're going to get a lot more out of them because you're holding them up to their why. And I think if you don't know what your why is and you don't really take a dive into that, then you'll never really understand what success is because you'll, you'll look back on your life like, oh, I wasn't successful because I never hit seven figures in my business. Or you can look at it and say, I was successful because I had all this time with my family. I was able to provide everything that they needed. I was able to retire at a decent time and I loved what I was doing and I made an impact and a change in the world. That's success to me. But I mean, it could be something different to each person. So if you don't know what your reason is, you don't know what is different for you, then it's it's like the whole like if you can be on the right path. But if you don't have a destination, like what path are you on? Like if you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter if you're on the right a, a straight and narrow path. A straight and narrow path to where? For what reason? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oftentimes uh, clients come to me when they're already like they're already down the path. And they're already like, yeah, I thought I was going to, you know, I would establish career and I worked my way up the ladder and I got here and I've got it all. Uh, I've got the kids, I got the spouse, I've got the house, I've got the book, whatever it is that they were achieving. And they get there and they're like, um, yeah, this is really not feeling so great. It doesn't feel like success at all. It feels like debt, feels like mortgages. It feels like I'm working 80 hour weeks and I don't know my kids or my spouse, like, or I've lost my spouse because I'm working 80 hour weeks. But like, so, so what can we do to help people? Like, it, it's great to go through that, the work that we all do when we, when we get to folks like that, to help them see through that, you know, success is being authentic, success is being defined. But how do we help people who aren't there yet? How do we prevent folks from hitting this wall of uh, achieving someone else's destination? Oh, that is such a good way to put it because achieving somebody else's, I think everybody needs to just write that down. Achieving somebody else's destination, that is, ooh, that's a good one. I, I mean, that's exactly what it is. I think, if I could give, I mean, even I think about advice that I give my son is what makes you happy? What at the end of the day is really giving you a reason to wake up? I mean, for all those people who are like, oh God, it's so hard to wake up in the morning. Like, well, yes, sometimes it is. And if it's always that way, then you're not getting up for the right reasons. You're not, there's nothing that's giving you joy in your day. If I always think of it, I have a one client who's, oh God, it's so hard to wake up for work. It's just so much stress, blah, blah, blah. And she just can't wake up early. However, if she goes on trip, she can wake up early to get on that plane. She can wake up early every day she's on the trip. And so we had to shift her business because she was so miserable in the way she was running her business that she didn't even see that the reason she couldn't wake up in the morning is because she hated it. Mm -hmm. And like, she just thought like, this is the grind. This is the path. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur now. Like this is what I'm supposed to do. And never really realizing that she hated it because she was on the quote unquote path. This is the path I'm supposed to take. So I, you know, this is the struggle I have to have in order to get to this final goal. I'm like, well, maybe you're, that's not the right goal. Mm -hmm. 
and maybe this path sucks. So let's get off of it. So I think what makes you happy? What brings you light? What makes, I mean, they always say that the difference between, you know, stress and passion is, you know, your desire to do it. Like what's, if you work all day at a job you hate, it's going to be stressful. But if you work all day at a job you love, time flies. And so what is that thing? Like what makes you happy? What lights your fire? Do more of that, which I know is easier said than done. <laughs> As I say, we all have these conversations, right? <laughs> find that joy, find that happy. What makes you happy? What bring what what brings that spark to you, right? We all have these conversations all the time with our clients mm -hmm. and with people that come into our spheres. I think about the the seven, six and seven figure business owners that that I work with that are that don't have that spark and that joy anymore. And how many of them I've helped close, sell, shutter their businesses because it's just, it's not them anymore. Mm -hmm. And they, they have to work through that feeling of failure. It's like, did I fail? Because no, you just are redefining what fills you up. This did for a while and it's okay that it doesn't anymore. So let's find that other thing. And sometimes it does have to come to that place where you slow down or stop something before you can start to identify what actually brings you joy. We just have so much energy to give. We only have mm -hmm. so many resources to give something. So coming to that place of stillness and being like, oh, I really love being in nature. How do I make money being in nature? Well, maybe it's not about the money right now, right? Releasing those hooks that we think need to exist to tell ourselves what is successful because it's not somebody else's destination. It's yours, right? Hmm. It's your destination. It's where you're headed and that can change and will likely change over your lifetime. And that's so much of what these conversations are about is how do we, when we recognize something is crunchy, hmm. start to craft something that feels more creamy, Right. Amanda, what was it for you? So as a serial business owner, <laughs> yum, love that. Yum. Um, or creepy, whichever. Um, <laughs> like how, how did you let those babies go? Each one of those was a baby. How'd you let them go? Well, you know what you're saying, Kim, uh, it resonates a lot because there were definitely a few of my businesses where I felt like my entire identity was wrapped up in the business. I was so involved, not just from this like CEO standpoint, but like behind the scenes, like at the front desk, in the faces of the clients, like people had my personal cell phone number, like, oh God, it was no boundaries, no boundaries whatsoever. And there's places for that too. But, and I've had a lot of businesses, a couple in particular, that it was so much a part of my identity, not just my brand identity, but my personal identity that I struggled and I, I fought it and I knew it needed to, to, be passed on to somebody else long before I made the decision to. So, you know, I talk about the business that I put on the market just a few weeks before COVID. I really thought about putting it on the market a year before that. Mm -hmm. And I struggled with it. I'm like, oh, but I love this and I love these people and I love my team and I love, you know, the money's good. Like I love where I'm living. Like there were all these loves and I had outgrown it. And I sat in that for year longer than I needed to. And if I had sold it when I first felt that way and like jumped it and was like, this is, I'm going to listen to my gut and I'm going to let go of my emotional attachment to something that I built over 
you know, 15 years, I'm going to let that go and stay true to what it, my body and my mind are calling me to do. If I had done that, I not only would I probably have made an extra hundred thousand dollars, um, I would have, I would have been a better business owner up into the end. I think because I had already held on to it for a year and then we had this COVID come on top, my mindset shifted in a way that was counterproductive. And I think that happens. I mean, I actually have a couple of clients I can think of right now who are similar where like they're, they're so done and they lost the joy and now they're so done that they don't want to do it. And so it's suffering the business suffering, even if it's not, you know, financially suffering, the little things like the customer service might switch the just the, like your willingness to wake up or do it, do the extra work when, when, you know, shit hits the fan, it, it just all piles up and it creates a thousand times more stress than you need to have in that business. So like listening to your gut, I, I cannot stress how important that is as an entrepreneur. Like you're going to let opportunities pass you by if you don't jump on them when you start feeling them. I'm not saying just like burn bridges left and right and just, Burn them while you're still standing on them and just try to run real quick. Like we're not doing that. I've done that. So don't do that. I've don't do that. that. <laughs> don't do that. Learn from my mistakes. Don't do that. Uh, and I think that it's just letting go of that attachment of, of if I close this, if I sell this, it's a failure on me. Like, no, you're, you're pushing your legacy out to somebody else. You're giving somebody else an opportunity. If you're selling your business, like you're giving a legacy to somebody else that you've created and you can watch it grow from afar. Mm-hmm. And even though I sold a couple of businesses, I still keep up with them. Like I still look and see what they're doing. I like, like their social media stuff. I'm like, Oh, look, I love this. This is great. Oh my gosh. Like you, you can still support your baby from afar. You don't have to be all up in its grill. And I think that's kind of like, it's almost like cutting the, it cut the, the apron strings. Like when you, when you have a kid who goes out of the world, it's very, well, I don't, my kid has not left the nest yet. However, I feel like it would be similar because this is a baby you had for years and years. In my case, it was 15 years with this one business and I had to cut myself and like, let it grow on its own. Like, go, oh, little baby fly. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. It was very hard, but, but understanding that it's going to be hard. If you were invested and you were passionate about it, even if you've grown beyond it, you're still going to have that passion and you're still going to care. You don't just shut off there's not this like switch in the back where you can be like, click, I'm no longer in this business role. You're still going to have it. So give yourself a little bit of grace. Like it's okay to be, it's okay to mourn who you were. Mm-hmm. It's okay to mourn the loss of a business or of yourself in the business or who you were five years ago. Even if it's, even if you're better now, if you, even if you love who you are now and you love everything that's going on and you love how you've developed, you can still mourn the loss of who you were 10 years ago. And that's okay. And you just have to kind of give yourself the grace to do it because man, it's not easy being an entrepreneur for sure. Well, and that's true in the uh, employment world too, right? Mm -hmm. So I think of before I left nonprofit, so I, I've also been a serial, not the killer kind or the eating kind, but a serial entrepreneur since my first one was when I was eight. My first business was when I was eight. Not an official LLC. Well, obviously, um, we all had our lemonade stands that rocked the. Well, stuff. exactly. So, but it would—it was a for, it was my first business, and when I was in the nonprofit sector in particular, I am still connected to those organizations. The job I just outgrew the jobs, and it was time for me to move on. But I know Louise, you 
work with people in this all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Amanda, you said it and I, and it, and it's true for anyone out there who uh, puts their whole hearts into the work that they do. When we're a heart led professional of any kind, when we outgrow our profession, it gets really, really sticky and we stop listening to our gut and we start um, over rationalizing or trying to make things like, oh, it's okay. It's fine. It's right. All of those things we go through um, because we've put so much of who we are, so much of our lives into this, into this thing. And, and it gets really hard to, to cut the strings and to say, you know what, it's time for someone else, right? Anytime we step out of a role that doesn't feel good, that role's there for someone else to come and be amazing at it. Right. And, and it, it just, it gets, it's really, really hard, but that's the, that's the shadow side of being a heart led professional. Um, but if we're going to lead with our hearts, how can we don't listen to our guts? It's like, no, do both. Yeah. Beautiful. So look at, we've 40 minutes have already gone by in this beautiful conversation. I'm curious, what are our takeaways? What are our golden nuggets that, that we're going to take with us? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Uh, I think that over the course of this conversation alone, really understanding that it's okay to be you no matter what that is, whether it's hard, soft, feminine, masculine, whatever you are in that, and it only makes your business stronger and more authentic to you, more badass, if you will. And I think that Giving yourself grace and space is hard. It's really hard. It might even be harder than entrepreneurship as a whole. And it's okay. And it's, well, this is, we didn't really talk about this specifically, but I think the three of us together are talking about it by proxy is it's a reach out to people, like find resources, find people that inspire you, like talk out, talk it out with other entrepreneurs because even though no one's life compares to yours and everybody has their own stuff they're dealing with, there's common ground there and there's, there's commonality across all businesses, even if it's, you know, underwater basket weaving or you know, counseling or whatever, there's, there's, there's common threads and that really will set you on the right path in your entrepreneurship. But again, make sure you're, and I just love what you said about the, uh, that you're, destination and make sure it's your destination. That's to me, like, make sure it's your destination. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Amanda, when you were saying, uh, I wish he said, I wish I failed more. I wish I failed faster. Um, we forget that that's where all of those learning opportunities are. That's where the, that's where the golden nuggets sit. Um, right. Even here, we're talking about golden nuggets. We, we get to the end, we have a golden nugget. Um, but oftentimes we just, we want to push through. We want to, we don't listen to our guts. We don't listen to our hearts. And we, we think failure is not an option when it's probably the best option uh, because we get to move fast uh, forward um, when we fail. So, yeah, I love that. That's a great reminder of um, what that can bring us. And let's not be shy. Let's embrace that. Mm -hmm. Well, in mine, I'm going to echo what Amanda said, because that, that statement that you gave us, Louise, of someone else's destination, 
right? Make sure that you're not leading yourself to someone else's destination. Um, while I inherently know that and work on that all the time, even for myself, it was just a really beautiful way to say that. And so I'm going to tuck that away and, and remember that as, as kind of a shortcut to help people understand, like, are you working on your destination or someone else's? So thank you for that gift. Amanda, thank you for all your nuggets of wisdom and, and just the, the gift of being here with us today. Where can people find you in the world? Well, the best or easiest way is at afconsultingteam.com. That's my website. I've got all the social media with the same handle. So anywhere in that world, you will find me. And uh, obviously my books, The Pursuit of Bassery, um, you can find me on the website on on. I live, live and breathe the badassery. So these days, that's where you'll find me. When's uh, When can we expect the next book, Amanda? You know, we were going to publish it this year, but we're going to wait till the beginning. So January of 2024, just give people a chance to digest, move forward. And we're going to, we're going to wait, but it's, it's really hard to wait because it's already like written. So. <laughs> oh, waiting is the worst. So we're going to wait though. We're going to just build the brand a little bit and then we're going to publish that third one right at the beginning of 2024 super excited for it yeah fantastic and louise what do we have coming up next week ourselves what do we have coming up next week uh transformation through play with jean barry i'm looking forward to meeting jean uh just like with most folks here on uh on the podcast on the show um kim and i meet folks uh, for the first time often um here on the show and we have amazing conversations with amazing people um so i can't wait to meet jean and talk more uh with her and Amanda, thank you. I uh, appreciate you finding the time for us today. Uh, it's busy and chaotic and hectic and uh, just sitting down, reflecting on our celebrations and uh, having a chat with you today has been uh, amazing. So thank you so much uh, for stopping by. Thank you so much for having me. This has been super fun. Absolutely. And have a wonderful month ahead. We know what, what you're doing behind the scenes. So we're excited for you with that. And we will continue following all your goodness in the world as well. Absolutely. Right. Okay, everyone. See you later. Bye for now.